Could Trey Lance have a new wide receiver one for the San Francisco 49ers, even if Debo Samuel signs a contract and gets into camp on time? Let's talk about those wide receivers for the 49ers in 2022. Coming up right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at the Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. If you don't know us, I'm Brian Peacock, NFL analyst, co-host of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show right here on the Locked On Podcast Network daily. My guy, Eric Crocker, former NFL, AFL, cornerback, arena bowl champion, and the co-host of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. Both of us both of us pulling double duty here on oh, showing off the ring if you're watching this on YouTube. Some a substantial ring there from the San Jose Sabercats. Uh, yeah, so uh, at, did I say what your, your Twitter was? Yeah, at, at Eric underscore Crocker is where you can find Eric on Twitter. I'm sure you're already following him if you're listening to this podcast. Probably know who we are. We appreciate you guys joining us every day here, making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is what we do. Wide receivers in 2022, Croc. This is an interesting group for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I think there is some, some potential for some training camp battles at this position. I think we know who's at the top though, but my question for you, Croc, how sure are we right now? The Debo Samuel is even going to be on the 49ers roster. I, I mean, not even on the roster, but just in camp, right? Like, is he going to be yeah. in position to earn all those reps and, and be ready to go for the 49ers this year? Or is there a, a window of opportunity, a little space for someone like Brandon Ayuk to kick the door open, have his third year breakout like we saw from Debo last year? I think because of how we know, right, Kyle Shanahan feels about uh, Debo Samuel, how John Lynch feels about Debo Samuel. I do believe that they'll They'll get it done. But we are going more off of faith than what is actually happening, which is a receiver who has requested a trade. And since then, we haven't heard anything else. Aside from him showing up to OTAs, but still not participating. And will he show up to training camp and kind of do more of a hold in? That is something that has been brought up as a late He Debo's interesting. He's an interesting guy. And he's so, he's so, he's so, uh, impactful i was watching the 49ers week 18 game against the rams it was on the nfl network earlier today if you uh, watched it uh sunday sunday afternoon and it was just like man how is debo samuel not your favorite player on the 49ers and a lot of the responses i got was because of how he acts and he won't even sign and he's not even really a 49 i'm like no he is a 49 he's on the team and he's terrific and when he plays the 49ers are better in that game they put up a stat late in the game and it was he had like three catches for 95 yards he had like six rushes for like 40 yards and a passing touchdown and like a rushing touchdown i'm just like gosh this guy he just does it all so will he be in camp i think that's the big question and i'm pretty sure kyle shanahan will be answering a lot of those questions come day one if he's not signed yet Oh, absolutely. That's going to be, I mean, the, the Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo stuff is, is 
probably going to gain a lot of headlines, especially nationally, just because they're quarterbacks. But the one that I think the 49ers fans are really going to be paying even closer attention to, because I think we all know, I think we all know it's Trey Lance's team. And I don't think anybody expects Jimmy Garoppolo to really be a factor in this. Uh, and in fact, Matt Barrows, I think the way Matt Barrows put it when he, you know, he broke the news about, um, about Jimmy throwing for the last few weeks and he's, you know, he's not at a hundred percent cleared yet, but you know, he's working back and he's, he's already throwing. So, so he is throwing because I, you know, I heard some speculation that he had potentially been throwing over the last couple of weeks, but I hadn't heard anything like set in stone. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Barrows broke it down recently for, with an article at the athletic and he, uh, basically it was right on with late June, I think is because remember that was the last thing Kyle Shanahan said because he was like well, probably early July and Kyle Shanahan said probably late June at some point in the spring he that was the date he said and I, I that seems like that's what the date actually was late June early July something like that Jimmy Garoppolo so he's been throwing for you know two three weeks that was a week ago already that the report came out I think so he's been throwing for you know three weeks maybe maybe he'll have been throwing for at least a month before training camp starts um but also the way Barrows put it was that um, that he's not really uh, really he's not really on the 49ers that people say that about Debo, but Jimmy Garoppolo has been gone since they last played a game. I, and I for different reasons, right? It's really yeah. been more so of just stay away. <laughs> yeah, he's been, he's been rehabbing on his own. He's been uh, not at the facility at all. So, um, you know, he's under contract with the 49ers, but I don't know if he would even show up if Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch said, okay, we didn't trade you. So go ahead and show up to camp. I don't know if Jimmy would show up. I don't I, think, I think go he to would Maybe because- based on who he is, right. And in his actions and what he's shown us as a quote unquote leader, because I still feel like until you take him off of that, he's still going to try or I don't even know if he's trying, but he's just going to assume that role of of being that leader and the guy that everyone has followed. So I'd assume he'd show up, but he would not want to. And he has said as much on that podcast a while back where he said, listen, I wouldn't wish that situation on my worst enemy. Right. And I, I could only assume that it's even worse now because Jimmy uh, Trey Lance has been there through OTAs. He has kind of established like, hey, it's my team now. And he's been that leader. And then to throw Jimmy G back into that and then have to answer the questions every single day. Who's the guy? Who's the guy? And then the receivers, right? We're talking about the receivers today. They're going to have to answer these questions as well. They go up to the podium. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Juwan Jennings. Hey, you know, who do you prefer throwing you the ball? Who do you lead to? Who do you look to to be the leader? And, you know, you have to answer those questions week in and week out. George Kittle, I feel like he's tired of it because every time he did any type of appearance, it was, hey, uh, What's going on with the quarterback situation? Do you care who's the quarterback? So I'm pretty sure those guys, they don't want to deal with it either. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, clearly Debo's the dude when it comes to wide receivers. But, you know, last year it was Jimmy G to Debo Samuel, and, and that was the connection. And this year, neither guy might be there on the first day of training camp. So that's the opportunity that leads me to the question – could Brandon Ayuk be the new wide receiver one for the 49ers? Is that the opportunity he needs? Was he going to break out anyway? And he already clearly has a rapport and a friendship with Trey Lance. They've worked together a lot while Debo's doing his own thing, working out away from the team. Trey Lance has been throwing 
the most the, he's thrown the most to anybody since he's been in the NFL to Brandon Ayuk. So I wonder if that connection is something that will grow and be fostered into a potential wide receiver one or even a you know a one A one B situation for the 49ers. I, w- I want to talk a little bit more about that question next. We'll talk some more about some camp battles as well on the 49ers wide receiver roster but i do want to let the folks out there know about our friends at bet online your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information find all the latest sports developments league reviews news not just wagering you can find tons of news and scores at betonline.net including major league baseball all summer long we've got boxing mma golf uh when's that celebrity boxing match that's coming up soon right between adrian peterson and uh and arian foster no, um, uh, Le'Veon Bell. Oh yeah, Le'Veon yeah. yeah. Bell. <laughs> different, different. Six foot, two hundred twenty pound running back. Um, yeah, so that'll be a fun one. You can bet on all those things. Tons of odds, tons of lines at Bet Online for the twenty twenty two NFL season as well. So go to the website and check out everything that uh, they have to offer as far as sports betting lines, news, information, and. Vegas casino games as well. So go play a little blackjack or poker while you're at it. Bet online, the fastest, easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, live betting, esports, and more. Get over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Speaking of Bet Online, Croc. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Starting July 18th, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Available at starting today, Monday, this week, July 18th, on Locked On NFL on the YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. And Croc, I got to say, I, I I made my case for Debo Samuel to be that guy. We'll see if he shows up on the top 50 list of line movers. Uh, on that uh, Locked On NFL event. And I have a feeling there might be some 49ers showing up. And, and Croc, you and I might make an appearance talking about those 49ers that might make that list. But we can't spoil who is or who is out of that top 50 line movers in the NFL. Could Brandon Ayuk become a line mover in the NFL? What do you think think Brandon Ayuk has to do to just become a dude dude? Because we saw last year with Debo Samuel. No, Everyone was talking about Ayuk this time last year. And you and I on this podcast said, okay, hold on a second. Debo Samuel's a dude, too. Don't forget about Debo. He's not just going to take a back seat. He's a pretty good player. And we, we talked recently about how Debo Samuel doesn't get credit as being a pure wide receiver. Do you think that having trade? Okay, so, so there's two questions here. One is what Debo will look like with Trey Lance at quarterback, right? So do you think that it's worse for Debo to have Trey Lance at quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo? Or do you think it's just better because he's going to get the short targets and he can catch and run, but he's going to get deeper targets as well? I think it is a little bit more difficult for Debo because he tends to work kind of that shorter area. At least that's what we've seen. And the thing we don't know is, was that a product of who was that quarterback or is that just how Kyle Shanahan feels it's best to utilize him, right? Now, if it is, I did kind of feel like Trey Lance, his eyes are more aggressive. I think that's very clear, right? If Kyle Shanahan can call the same play for Jimmy Garoppolo as he does for Trey Lance, and they can throw to two different guys on two different levels of the field just because Trey Lance's eyes just work more aggressively vertically and then down. But if it is something that's like, hey, we're going to Debo on this, the one thing that even Jerry Rice said in his interview with Mayoko talking about it, 
Got to take a little bit off of those short passes. And Debo Samuel, it, he has a couple things working against him when it comes to catching passes consistently from Trey Lance. And he has caught those slants. He has done those things and whatnot. But, one, Trey Lance throws hot, right? Like, that ball is coming hard. And Debo doesn't have the best hands. Like, when he does catch it and he's able to run through the ball and then continue to run, it looks great. But just, like, having just natural just strong Larry Fitzgerald, you know, if that's a 10 <laughs> and I don't know, I don't know who's a zero, but I don't want to say anybody zero, but let's say on the scale of five to 10, right? We'll do that. Terrell Owens is a five and Larry Fitzgerald is a 10. Debo's closer to Terrell Owens with his hands, meaning there will be drops, right? Where Fitzgerald, the ball is not hitting the ground. So when you have a guy like Trey Lance, who we're, He's not the most accurate. Like, you know, the ball might hit you on the numbers. The ball might be out a little bit in front of you. It might be a little bit behind you, and it's coming fast. I don't think that's a recipe for success for Debo Samuel. Now, maybe it doesn't matter because he gets those big hitters down the field, but I just have a, this thought that it doesn't necessarily help Debo a whole lot because we have seen some of those kind of concentration drops. And maybe that's just him trying to catch the ball and run or try to run before he catches the ball. And if he's like, all right, I have to adjust to this quarterback. And, you know, I'm spending all the training camp just getting on the same page with him. And now I'm more comfortable catching and running those type of passes. Maybe that helps. But from what I've seen so far, I'd assume that Trey probably favors Ayuk a little bit more just with how the ball comes out of his hands. Yeah, that's interesting, and I don't think Debo is going to be hurt necessarily by it. But I just think the the target, uh, the the depth of target will change, and, and he'll have an opportunity to make more plays down the field. He'll still, you know, Kyle Shanahan's still going to dial up plays where it's like, look, this is for Debo, and he's going to get it short. It's a catch and run play. But you're right, uh, Trey's eyes are different, and those eyes might go to Brandon Ayuk. So now the question is, can Brandon Ayuk be that guy? Is this the year three breakout for Brandon Ayuk? Maybe a year later for Brandon Ayuk than everybody expected. Started in the doghouse last year, but Debo Samuel's breakout was a year later than everybody expected too in, in 2021. So Brandon Ayuk, could he be the wide receiver one for the 49ers? Could, do you think that uh, do you think that, that rapport is that important for um, for a quarterback that you know he's gonna he's gonna bypass this dude to throw to this dude just because he threw to him all offseason. Nah, man, Debo Samuel's a baller. So I think you just in your head you got to throw all that out the window and you just get the ball in his hands and let him do the rest, right? Like, and that's gonna be consistent. Again, I was watching that that Week 18 game and Jimmy Garoppolo just threw a screen pass to Debo Samuel. And, I mean, he shrugs off a guy, shrugs off another guy. George Kittle blows up a guy. Next thing you know, it's a 40-yard gain just off throwing it to him at the line of scrimmage. So you're going to want to continue to go to that. Now, one thing that we did see, especially if you look to the Texans game, because, and I always go to that game. Obviously, we can look at the Arizona Cardinal game or even the Seahawks game where he went to uh, Debo Samuel Moore. But as you start to get more comfortable with what it was that they want from him, and we'll see if he can continue to build on that, but in the Texans game, you know, seeing the downfield shots to IU, the one that was ended up being a pass interference on a deep post, right? And that's not in the in the stat book anywhere, but that is a shot that he took. 
What about the one down the right sideline, the fade in the end zone, where that could have easily been another pass interference where he got, uh, you got one arm pulled away from him, try to catch the ball with one hand in the end zone, but just taking those shots, and you start to see where maybe there's that trust, right? They have worked together, and maybe it's just a familiar face, but they're continuing to work together. I just saw something that they were all in the same house together and they're making fun of each other and they're on each other's Instagram stories and things like that. That that stuff does matter. <laughs> you know, it does. It, it matters a little bit just in the sense of, hey, you know, this guy's a baller and I bet you'll hear things from Trey Lance talk about how great Ayuk is and how great of a season he's going to have. Trey Lance called uh, Ayuk Milk Dud because the outfit he was wearing. <laughs> yeah, did you see that? <laughs> oh, that was and he that. did look like a milk dud because he's like this dark. He's the darker guy, and then his his little outfit he had on it was like dark brown shirt, dark brown shorts, and then he's dark brown, and they all blended together like just yeah. one milk dud. And he was wearing so his his shorts and his shirt were the same color. They matched, but they also matched his skin. And so, when it, and I was watching it on my phone. It was like a you know an Instagram live or an Instagram video or something. I was watching it on, and it's kind of small too. So I had to like double take. I thought Ayuk was just sitting on his love seat naked for a second. I was like, what's going on? And this, what did they post? And then, and then I realized he was wearing clothes, and he called him. Milk They're not that out. close. But yeah, exactly. They're not that close. But I, like clearly, and then Ayuk, you know, making fun of the arm fatigue thing, showing some throws from. Lance to IU can practice and saying this is the only couple throws he threw to me because he, his arm got tired and they're laughing about it and teammates are jumping in and laughing about it. So clearly there's some there. Those guys are tight, you know, um, and I don't think you have to be necessarily someone's best friend to be super tight, but it would be nice to know that Trey Lance was throwing a Debo Samuel a little bit in the offseason, you know, and they can build that a little They threw to him last year, I'm sure, in practice a lot and, uh, and in training camp. So and they can build that more in training camp once. Debo shows up, but then you start to worry. Let's say Debo does hold out or hold in and isn't really practicing that much. I mean, that that would be an opportunity for Lance to just become that dude. So, yeah, it's it's a fascinating uh, position group for the 49ers because of that reason, and they're both super talented guys. Both were drafted really high, you know, of course, and the quarterback was too. So um, I can't If you had to bet money, who who do you think would be more productive? A Debo. BetOnline.net. Oh, betonline.net, Debo Samuel, for sure. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. But I, I do think that IU can eat into that. And so um, if Debo is not going to get the other manufactured touches and carries, or at least not as many, because you go to that Texans game, I just pulled it up while you were talking about it, the box course. I wanted to see uh, both Debo and Ayuk were targeted six times in that game. Uh, Debo caught three of them for 63 yards. Ayuk had four catches for 94 yards on his six targets. Both and I'm pretty that. sure that does not include the pass interference. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then, but then Debo Samuel had seven carries. So if Debo Samuel's not, you know, getting the work in the backfield, by the way, he only had, he had seven carries for 19 yards. He, he only had 2.7 yards per carry. Teams were, you know, teams, teams weren't as fooled there. And, you know, once Debo started running in between the tackles, there was diminishing returns on that. So I, I think that's not the right way to use Debo anyway. But if he's only carrying the ball once or twice a game next year, so, you know, if you're going to get the ball in his hands, it's going to have to be other ways, screens and, and short passes and, you know, the the entire route tree. So Go back to the little rookie thing, too, where they, they would fake the handoff to the running back and then just flip it behind them, and Debo would come on it on that, what is that, ghost motion? What do they call it, moon motion? Uh, the um, orbit motion? Yeah, the orbit motion, man. Yeah. Toss it to him. I feel like he picked up minimum 15 yards every time they did that. He's an amazing player. They got to find ways to get the ball in his hands. So hopefully they don't take the carries away completely, but I don't need the in-between tackles carries at all. But um, 
next croc let's talk a little bit more about the rest of the wide receiver group because i think it's pretty clear you know everyone knows that's that's wide receiver one wide receiver two if there's some injuries with those guys or you know who's who's going to fill out the rest of the roster some some end of uh end of depth chart camp battles at the wide receiver position let's talk about those coming up next but first let's talk about Dave, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses come up. But now Dave can help you get out of a pinch if you really need it. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, more money to buy a gift if that's what you're uh, needing to do with your funds. Uh, catch up on bills. You can finally tackle all those expenses uh, expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. No interest, no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch, need some extra help, download the Dave app and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's Dave, D-A-V-E. Sign up for extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly for terms and conditions. Go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve member FDIC. Croc, after George Kittle, not counting him, just wide receiver targets, Debo and IU clearly one and two. Who's going to be the next most targeted receiver for the 49ers? Is it going to be Ray Ray McLeod in the slot? Is it going to be Danny Gray, the third round rookie, deep threat, making some big plays maybe with the big armed young quarterback in Trey Lance? Or is it going to be Juwan Jennings, who's kind of the guy last year, who's uh, been you know doing some work in the big slot, but he can line up outside as well. And, and he's not the fastest guy, but he's got some smooth feet and he can get open and he can make catch, make catches and he's physical at the catch point. If you watch week 18, again, I, this is all fresh in my mind because I just watched that game earlier, you know, Sunday afternoon. Jawan Jennings looks sweet. Now, the tough thing is we didn't really see that version of Jawan Jennings all year. And all of a sudden he explodes. He did have some big uh, catches against the Dallas Cowboys, but didn't have a huge breakout game against Dallas, right? I don't remember exactly what his stat line was there. I can find it, but he only had 282 receiving yards all year long. So I don't right. think he went bananas in any of those. And games. over 100 of them were, or close to 100 of it was against the Rams week 18. Uh, the Rams was seven targets, six catches for 94 yards. Right. So it, that's tough because you watch that and I'm like, oh man, there's a clear area where he can excel. He is that big slot. And some of it is with kind of quickness, but one thing about these bigger receivers is they don't have to be super great in and out of breaks because their body positioning really shields defenders away from the ball. Late in that game, he ran a quick like five yard out, and it was on third down. He had this receiver, he had this DB playing outside shade, and the DB got out of his break, no wasted steps. It was a terrific break, and he just couldn't get around. Jawan Jennings because he was just too big and the guy was just too little. And that's the advantage you get when you have a guy that's big like that. And if he can continue to kind of be that type of guy, as well as someone who is the big catch radius guy for Trey Lance. Talked about maybe settling down a little bit and, you know, the accuracy and and, and working on those things. Well, when you're not as accurate right right now, who, who's your best friend? These Big targets with huge catch radius. And one thing about Juwan Jennings, I don't think you'll see the drops, right? Like he's a guy with strong hands and and terrific run after catch. So 
I'd assume they want to continue to build on that. And if you listen to guys like Fred Warner and even Richard Sherman talk about Jawan Jennings, they were much higher on them than I was uh, originally. And now I'm like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'm I'm starting to see the, the light at the end of the tunnel with Jawan Jennings. So maybe it's him, but I can definitely see a scenario where Ray Ray McLeod as well. Not so sure about Reggie Gray. Or why did, I had a teammate named Reggie Gray on the Sabercats. Danny Gray, excuse me. Danny Gray. Shout out to Saber Cat Great Reggie Gray. Um, yeah. It's a, but yeah, it's, so p- people go kind of crazy about Juwan Jennings, and he's a good player, and he had a, you know he had a nice year, and, and he showed up last year. And uh, but twenty four catches for two hundred eighty two yards. I mean, it's not like he, he he he's somebody who just you're plugging him in because he is a, the he's the dude, right? Now he's a good player, and he could absolutely be like. Well, how much of that was down the stretch though? Because I feel like first half of the season they didn't utilize him at all. I'm looking at his game log right now. So he had, um, well, he he never had. He's only had one game with more than 50 receiving yards, and that was that, uh, you know, January 9th, week 18 against the Rams. He had six catches for 94 yards, two touchdowns in that game. The rest of the year, he only had three touchdown catches. All the five touchdowns on 24 catches is a good ratio, you know. So clearly, he's got some, um, you know, he's got that toughness. He's got the strength in his hands. He's he knows how to use his body, and he can be a a useful weapon in the red zone. Clearly. But his best production in any game after, uh, before that f- regular season finale against the Rams was three catches for 46 yards against the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, and, and you look at it, and I'm looking at his game log right now as well. Down the stretch, early on, he didn't have more, or he didn't have more than yet yeah, more than two targets in the first one, two, three, four, five, six games that he played. And then if you look down the stretch, you see five targets, six targets, five targets, two targets, seven targets. So the targets started going up against the Dallas Cowboys, five targets. So maybe they are starting to, you know, get more of a, okay, this is what he is. This is how I can utilize him. This is how I can call plays for him and get more comfortable with that. And then can he continue to grow more into that role? And essentially what we're trying to do is can can we get, uh, gosh, I don't know. Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, can you get Kendrick Bourne? production. Yeah. Right. He could be on he could be on that same he could be on that same path. We haven't seen it yet, so I think people need to calm down about uh, about Jawan Jennings uh, because we just don't know really what it's going to look like target share wise. Uh, I think he is in line for a bigger share of the targets, but if he's going to be the wide receiver three and he's be working in the slot, we already know Ray Ray McLeod is going to be on the roster because he's going to be the main return man. But he's a slot and he's going to be active if he's right. the main return guy. Like, but hold on. Because Kyle Shanahan said uh, that the return stuff was extra. He signed Ray Ray McLeod because he liked him as a receiver. And then it's like, oh, by the way, he can return as well. Yeah, That's one he- thing that I think a lot of people, I think when people saw the signing, it was as a return guy. Unless Kyle Shanahan's just hyping him up for whatever reason. It was, hey, I watched offensive film. And that's one thing about watching All-22. It doesn't go from... Okay, offense to defense, and then all of a sudden, you know, oh, uh, let me watch him on special teams as well. Like, no, you're watching him on offense. So Kyle Shanahan is just watching all 22 on the offense, and, oh, man, I like this receiver. We need to bring him in. And then, oh, by the way, he can return as well. So that's a little uh, – that's, that's interesting. Yeah, and he's already had two seasons in the NFL that were more productive than Juwan Jennings' season was last year, and he had almost twice as much—not not twice as much. Let's see what he—yeah, thirty, 
Oh no, that's just return yards. What am I? What am I looking at here? He had so he had uh, he was targeted sixty six times last year. He caught thirty nine passes for two hundred and seventy seven yards. So very like very close to the line of scrimmage. Part of that was because of Ben Roethlisberger. My co host Matt Williamson covers the Steelers in the Pittsburgh area on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, and he talks about Ben Roethlisberger's end of career. Like he just he just gets the ball out and, and doesn't throw it anywhere. It's just he was shot. Yeah, and so. Uh, yards per reception for Ray Ray McCrow last year was 7.1 yards per reception, which is about as low as it gets for NFL wide receivers. So a lot of stuff near the line of scrimmage. But that might be the lowest I've ever heard. Yeah. Did you say that was his that was his yards per reception? That was his yards per reception last year. How about this though? I've never heard that before in my life. How about this though? His yards per reception the year before, 2020, he he didn't get as many catches, but he got he caught 20 passes in 2020. His yards per reception was 3.9. 3.9 20 catches for 77 yards so that's not I've like never you know, heard of that wow yeah, that so is literally like you're only catching screens a couple slants here and there maybe some quick outs that is I, well okay that's really wild i've never heard anything like that i i guess the if you want to be more on the optimistic side and this is for the faithful out there he did catch a bomb in OTAs. I, I don't know how much stock you want to put in that, but at least it lets you know that they don't plan on just throwing him three-yard passes, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. they plan on u- utilizing him down the field, and that was a play where if you watch the mic'd up, Brandon Ayuk was like, touchdown right now to McLeod, and then he ran down the field and caught a touchdown. So, I would, hopefully I would they continue to stretch the field with him. It's Trent Taylor usage. It's the Trent Taylor route tree, right? Which isn't downfield, but you know, it's not 3.9 yards per reception. You're going to get a little after the catch, you know, two-way goes, but a lot of slot stuff. But if he's if he becomes the main slot guy, Juwan Jenny's sitting on the bench. You know what I mean? So who's – because there's only – because Kyle Shanahan doesn't use a ton of wide receivers either, and that's the thing where I want to get to Danny Gray next. The rookie Danny Gray, where, where is he going to play? When's he going to be in the game? Because now we're talking about the number three being Juwan Jennings, maybe a lot of Ray Ray McLeod. Well, when is Danny Gray going to get in the game? Just when – you know, Ayuk's tired, and you throw Danny Gray in at the extra spot, and he, and he runs a few routes. Or is there uh, each guy's going to have his own packages? So I think it's going to be really tough to come by a lot of targets unless one guy just really straight up wins the number three job. And I would actually love to see Danny Gray get some run on the outside, and when they go three wide, have Debo line up in the slot and and, and utilize him there rather than using even Ray Ray or, or Jawan Jennings in the slot. But I don't think that's the way Kyle Shanahan's going to go about things. I, I like the thought of using Danny Gray as in, in the slot, but tight splits with like maybe Debo outside of him and having Danny Gray clear it out for Debo to come underneath him and catch a ball and have a nice catch and run opportunity. I like that. I like that a lot. So there, I think there's huge opportunity, first of all, to earn that. Like who's going to step up? Because you know how Kyle Shanahan will play favorites. So one of those three guys is going to go in the doghouse. One of those three guys is going to become the favorite target and become the number three guy. So I, I think there's a ton of opportunity in camp for them to battle that out. And, you know, I think they're all such different. Like Ray Remy Cloud, Juwan Jennings, Danny Gray, you can't get more different than those three skill sets. Such very different flavor, uh, flavors and players. Uh, so that, that'll be, uh, that'll be fun to watch in training camp. And those, I think that it's pretty darn clear those five guys are going to make the roster. But, Croc, now we got to get to the nitty gritty of the camp competition. If they only break camp with six players, who's that sixth guy going to be? And and here are the names that are coming into camp for the 49ers. Keyshawn Johnson. Some veterans and some rookies. You're going to put your money on Keyshawn Johnson, the former 
Arizona Cardinal, Keyshawn, K-E-E-S-E-A-N, by the way, Keyshawn Johnson, coming in as a free agent. Marcus Johnson uh, was a free agent. Malik Turner, a free agent from Dallas. Marcus Johnson was on Tennessee last year. We got Austin Mack on the roster and undrafted free agents, Tay Martin and Taysir Mack. So a couple of Macks on the roster. We talked about Tay Martin when we did our uh, our rookie breakdowns, and you can go back and listen to that, and we, and we talked about his ability, and he's got some potential. I think he's more of a practice squad guy. Maybe they only go with five guys at wide receiver and take an extra player somewhere else. I don't know, but there's an opportunity for one more player to make the roster. I don't know who that's going to be, but as we laid out, I don't know who, how many – you know, if, if whoever it is better be able to to run down and cover on special teams, because I don't know how many targets there's going to be to go around if everyone's healthy. Yeah, you got to be able to be on special team. And that's why Ray Ray McLeod, he's going to be active on game day, especially if he's the primary returner. Yeah, exactly. Which we'd assume again, Kyle Shanahan said, hey, I watched him as a receiver. That's why I liked him. That's why I wanted to bring him in, which. You guys, you have to have some really good scouting eyes to really like a guy. You look on paper and it's like, hey, this guy has three yards per catch. <laughs> but 20 right. catches for 70 yards, that's wild. But, uh, some quicks, but you know, Kyle hasn't really had that guy since Trent Taylor left, right? So maybe Kyle's just like, I need that jitterbug. I need that little quick guy in the slot. I don't care. 7.1 yards per reception is fine. That's all I want out of that guy. Yeah, I mean, he was shoes. Even Trent Taylor was giving you more than that. He was giving you like eight or nine yards per reception. Yeah, and and Taylor was tough, and he would give you a little something after the catch. Also could return some kicks as well. Some punts. Yeah, punt return. Tay, remind me, Tay Martin, What what did for those who didn't look who uh, didn't listen to the episode or, or watch the YouTube episode of our undrafted free agent yeah. breakdown of Tay Martin, what did you think of Tay Martin? Remember, we we were like, this is kind of he's he's kind of Kendrick Bourne-ish, but didn't have like the quicks of Kendrick Bourne. So you know yeah. the short area stuff, um, in and out of his breaks, he wasn't as good as Kendrick Bourne with that. But he did give you that contested catch aspect to his game. Yeah, had, where Kendrick had, Bourne was probably the 49ers' best contested catch guy when he was a Niner. Yeah, he had that similar build, slim frame, six one, um, can make the plays on the ball when it was in the air. Didn't have that. Didn't have the quicks, didn't have the ability. I think Keyshawn Johnson, if they're I, I, not Keyshawn Johnson, I think um, Juwan Jennings is sort of the he's the if there's gonna be another Kendrick Bourne, it's more Juwan Jennings. If there's gonna yeah. be another Trent Taylor, it's gonna be Ray Raven Cloud, and then maybe they're gonna mix and match those. And then Danny Gray is sort of like your Marquise Goodwin, right? And and Marquise Goodwin was a starter, but if Marquise Goodwin was a backup, then that's kind of, I think, the usage we're going to see from Danny Gray. Which he started to be. So Marquise Goodwin, and our, I think, you know, we remember that first year where he almost had 1,000 yards. Mm. But the next year, Goodwin's usage wasn't, it wasn't great. So let oh, me look here. Oh, he way down. Yeah, he basically became a backup. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I got his stats pulled up. And the first year, yeah, uh, 38 yards shy of 1,000. And then the next year, he played in 11 games, but he only had 395 yards. The, now, the average was still there. His average was the exact same as the year before, where he almost had 1,000 yards, 17.2 yards per reception, and actually had more touchdowns. Uh, two touchdowns in 2017, four touchdowns in 2018, but just the usage wasn't there. The targets weren't there. He went from 105 targets to 43 targets. And I think that would be more something more on, in line with what they potentially can get from Danny Gray. 
Yeah, I can see that from Danny Gray. That that forty three target, twenty three catches for three ninety five. You know, some big plays. I, I think that's a. I think it's a good. That'd be a really good stat line. I think for Danny Gray this year. When you consider, you know, kind of the situation he's going into and what I'm mm-hmm. expecting, and you know, we talked about it. I I broke his film down and what I thought about, you know, where he was and and areas where I felt like he could improve. Uh, with using the threat of his speed more on intermediate routes, if he gets that down, I mean, let's say if he's been working on it throughout this offseason and this month, and maybe they told him, like, hey, we want you to be able to sell the goal a little bit more, uh, break off your routes, and, and really use that speed, really drive out, get that corner, turn his hips, open up, and run him out of there so you can sit your routes down. If he does that, then we're talking about a guy who definitely can uh, put up 400 yards easily. So those are the training camp battles at wide receiver. The battle for wide receiver one, how much could Brandon Ayuk potentially, if he breaks out, utilizing that rapport he's built with Trey Lance, how much can he eat into Debo Samuel's wide receiver one targets? When will Debo Samuel show up to camp and you know emphatically shut the door on Brandon Ayuk taking away some of his targets? The battle for the number three wide receiver, Juwan Jennings, Danny Gray, Ray Ray McLeod, and then the battle for the number six, the last spot on the 53-man roster at wide receiver, Keyshawn Johnson, Malik Turner, uh, Marcus Johnson, Tay Barton, Tessier Mack. So uh, those are the camp battles to watch at wide receiver. I think it's a really interesting position group for the 49ers, and of course how they go will help how Trey Lance goes, but really how Trey Lance goes will help those guys even more. Um, And he's going to need some help. Young quarterback, help your guy out. Get open, play tough, make catches in traffic. If he throws the ball behind you and a little hot, make that catch and, and don't tip it up in the air and get it intercepted. Uh, so, uh, yeah, anyway. That almost happened in that game I watched earlier. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo threw one a little bit behind Ayuk, and Ayuk kind of turned and, and, and it, like, tipped up. And then luckily, because that safety was coming right there, uh, Taylor Rapp, he mm-hmm. was coming to pick it off. And right before he did, uh, Ayuk was able to kind of reach back, and he was still trying to catch it, but it ended up knocking it away from from him. But yeah, you, those those balls that are a little bit high and behind guys is not 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 great, especially when you're going over the middle. Yep, and, and that's where Trey Lance had missed some. So Trey Lance accuracy is going to be key too in that uh, uh, in that in that efficient passing game that Kyle Shanahan wants to throw out there. All right, thanks everybody for making Locked On 49ers your first. Listen, we're going to keep talking about all the camp battles, and we've got a very special guest coming up on tomorrow's show, the 49ers long snapper, Tabor Pepper, to let the folks know what long snapping's all about. A little long snapper appreciation with 49ers long snapper, Tabor Pepper, coming up on tomorrow's show. You're going to want to tune in to that one. Let us know. Hit us on Twitter if you got some questions you want us to ask about the dude who's throwing heat between his legs to Trey Lance and to Mitch Wisnowski holding for those field goal attempts. All right. Thanks everybody for tuning in, making us your first listen. Croc and I back tomorrow right here. Locked on 49ers.